eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match, he did the monster match, the monster match, it was a graveyard smash, he did the match, it caught on in a flash, he did the match, he did the and monster from my laboratory in the castle east, to the master bedroom where the vampires feast, the ghouls all came from their humble abode, from my electrode, they did the match, they did the monster match, it was a graveyard smash. Thank you for listening to 107.7 FM. I'm Emily Midshouse. I'm your host uh, with What the Frick Live, and I have Will Martinez with me with Dark Fringe Radio. Hey, Will. Good evening, everyone. How is everybody doing? I'm doing great. All right. If you're All if right. you're watching via Facebook, by late, leave a comment. Eddie's already <laughs> already here. All uh, right. Good evening, it's... Emily. Will. So thank you so much. Um. Anyway, were you surprised by the? Uh, I new... love it. The new okay. intro, I love it a lot. It's, I think it's, it's really good. October. Yeah, I like it. No, I think so it should be permanent for this month. Well, the monster yeah. mash all the time. Um, I'm so excited. This month's gonna go by fast. You know that, right? Oh, definitely. Oh, oh. absolutely. It always does because you it, anticipate it so much, and then you finally get to it. You're like, oh, it's it's the eighth of October. You're like, oh, okay, great. Like. Yeah. The next thing you know, it's halfway through, and it's the end. So, yeah. Well, my son's birthday, too, is next week, so it always seems like it comes around really fast. And, and, and next next year, he's going to get his permit. Oh, Lord. Here we go. I know. I was, <laughs> I was, <laughs> Every parent's worst nightmare right there. Yes. It's not a ghost. It's not disembodied voices. It's not EVPs. It's your children driving for the first time. That's what Listen, I remember my dad teaching me the first time i took out two mailboxes <laughs> oh horrible! oh my god that's horrible he, he put me he put me in mark eddie hey mark um he put hey, me mark. in his 1989 honda civic standard nice. and I, nice. and that was so hard to shift oh. <laughs> <laughs> they decided i was an automatic girl so could not do standard yep. but I'm glad, uh, also i want to say this i'm glad you survived the national alert that happened oh, yeah uh, yeah I wasn't I uh, brainwashed or anything. Yeah. Next thing <laughs> oh, you know, two twenty came on, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> Effort, yeah. I I didn't even hear it. I'm not on the alert system. They don't care about <laughs> me. I'm in the hills of Appalachia. They just don't care whatsoever. <laughs> don't it's you. like they yeah. forgive it. But Will has a show called Dark Friends Radio. Will, anything going on over there? Yeah, uh, we're uh, kicking off um, October with um, a um, re-representation of uh, the uh, Devil Street. Um, what we're doing is just replaying the very first um, kind of encounter that we had uh, while investigating the Devil Street. If you guys don't know, it's a tree out in the middle of nowhere. It's actually in the middle of a um, kind of like a playground um, repurposed area. Nonetheless, um, a guy who was actually Florida's basically first serial killer who was a actual uh, cop or trooper, state trooper, ended up killing a bunch of people under that tree. And yeah, it's just crazy. But so we're going to repurpose that. And for the first week and the next week, we're coming up with part two because we went back there and we caught a bunch of stuff. So yeah, like, just kill, check kill, it out. Kill them under the tree. Is this like a yeah. hang, hanging yes. thing? That he, okay. Yes. And they try to cut the tree down. They can't even cut the tree down. They try to burn it. It's They couldn't even burn it. You can see the marks where the, the chainsaw was. It, it's just crazy. It's, it's really nuts. That is bad. I, yeah. and, and they yeah. can't get rid of the tree. Oh no. my goodness. No. Well, no. we're gonna we're gonna be talking about another location tonight with our, our guest that's coming on. I'm so thankful he's coming on. Um we have Mr. Daryl Marston. He is originally from Middletown, Delaware. He's assumed mm -hmm. the role of a co-lead investigator for the renowned TV show Ghost Hunters, which has been back on um, I believe Disney Plus and some other things. He'll be able to tell us that. Um, he has investigative abilities are deeply rooted in a diverse background. And I'm impressed with this because if you look at Daryl, like I wouldn't mess with him. I would not mess with him. He has <laughs> experience in both yeah. firearms. 
instructor yeah. and a contractor. Those roles, through those roles, he not only acquired valuable insights into investigating old residences and structures, but he honed his skills into leadership, displaying a strong and disciplined approach, which is why I liked him so much on Ghost Hunters. Um, he took the initiative to establish his own team. He's also a par owner, part owner of Paranormal Warehouse, if anybody ever watches that. But he's also um, investigated various places across the United States, but two, one of them's in Kentucky too. So I don't know. We might get to that mm -hmm. Anderson Hotel, but tonight we're going to be talking about the House of Wills in Cleveland, Ohio. It's absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely one of the most disturbing places. And I'd even dive deep into this <laughs> because I want Daryl to tell the story. So well, let's bring Daryl on right now to the show. Hello, Daryl. Hey, Welcome. Oh, he's on. Mute. Oh, he's mute. Hold on. That's on his end, not my end. Sorry about yeah. that. Oh, that's okay. Oh, there he is. <laughs> hey, Daryl, welcome. Me. Thank you. So, Daryl, real quick, anything I left out? Always ask the guests. No, that no, you, you summed it up pretty good. <laughs> well, you, you've written written the book is what I should have said too. You've written a book about the House of Wills in Cleveland, Ohio, and, and um, so real quick, you're in Delaware. And right. this location's in Cleveland. So what drew you to that site? Uh, well, actually, the, the team I formed back in the, um, you know, around 2011, 2012, uh, a couple of the people from the team were actually from Akron, Ohio, which is not mm. far outside of Cleveland. Mm. Um, and they're the ones, you know, that, you know, kind of, you know, fed me the information about the House of Wills. Uh, so, you know, and the stories I was hearing is like, it was just, it was just too far-fetched for me to believe. So I had to go check it out for myself, and that's you know what I did back in uh, 2014. Me and a couple of the people from my team went out there uh, and investigated this location. And um, I can't explain anything that happened to us there. Uh, I've been doing this for 20 years, and it's the most intense location, um, energy-wise, uh, activity-wise, that I've ever been. Uh, even to this day with, you know, traveling, you know, the United States, even over to the UK and stuff, investigating. I've never experienced anything like this. And that's why I sat down and wrote the book. I've done many podcasts, radio shows and things like that. And they always ask me that question. What is the, um, what is the, the, the craziest location you've ever been? And I would always tell them the story about the House of Wills. And it came to like, people come and ask me, you should write a book about it. You should write a book about it. So when COVID hit, I actually sat down and uh, started writing a book one night and I didn't stop for almost three or four months. And um, here it is. It just came out um, last month, September 8th of last month when they uh, released it. Yeah. This is it right here. Yeah. Awesome. Look at that. It, it, and it's in the link of the show too if anybody's anybody's watching that or if you're listening via radio go to the radio's website and, and you'll find the link there to get daryl's book um but thank you thank you i'm gonna have will follow up after yeah that. no uh daryl listen it's it's that a pleasure cool. to finally meet you and uh no. you know uh, have time with you of course the world you uh, got drawn to this place because it's kind of eerie yeah no it is an eerie place like what emily's saying and uh daryl what i wanted to ask you was um you know I always find like Ohio for some reason is like a hot spot. Like you have the Serpent Mound, you have all these other places in Ohio, you know, you got a lot of things going on in Ohio. Um, what do you think that attributes this particular place, uh, you know, to be so active for, you know, people that go in there? Do you think there are something maybe with the ley lines or is, is there some kind of maybe water system that's going on in there? Do they say a lot of water that, you know, can, can you know make a lot of that activity happen? What what do you think that you know attributes you know this place to be so active? Well, I think a lot of it's with the history. Um, I think a lot of it dates back to Native American times and things of that nature. I mean, it's a heavy Native American presence there in Ohio, and not just there, but all over the East Coast and part you know the whole United States. But uh, mm -hmm. I think that's probably has a lot to do with it. And plus, you have a really a lot of really you know, insane locations there that's able to harness that energy, like, like Mansfield, Madison Seminary, the House of Wills, um, uh, even Damsville and, and uh, Cincinnati, places like that, that, you know, have these dark histories and that energy just, you know, attaches to them. Mm. Yeah, no, it's really interesting when you, when you kind of put it in that aspect. But, you know, another thing that I was, you know, I was really interested in was that, this particular place, like, it has a really, really dark history, like what you just alluded to. 
Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, if you could, and, and yeah. you know, let us the, the listeners know about what you know what this place like entails. You know, well, I mean, to start off, it was it was engineer. I mean, it was uh, the architect who built the location was a thirty second degree mason. He built the location mm -hmm. back in the, eight, the late eighteen hundreds. Um, and if any, anybody knows how the architecture with you know the, the Maasai temple goes, they try to build things to harness energy. So this is how this location is kind of laid out to begin with. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then, and, you know, not long after that, it became a German social club uh, for mm -hmm. several years. Um, and then there's even rumors of it being a speakeasy. And then it was a hospital. And then around 1945, it became um, Cleveland's largest African-American funeral home. And it mm -hmm. stayed that way all the way up to the early 2000s when it was shut down for fraud. Um, so you got all these layers going on at this point. And then it sat vacant for about almost nine or ten years uh to the elements sitting in east cleveland uh, people breaking into the location then you have all these crazy stories there there have been people who have actually been murdered there um and, and things of that nature uh, and all kinds of other crimes have happened in that building why it sat vacant and then around 2011 a gentleman by the name of eric freeman came in eric and eric freeman is um if anybody knows who anton LeBay is he's a student of anton LeBay. Um, he came to um, Ohio with uh, Anton LaVey's grandson, Zach LaVey. Uh, mm. They were partners, and Eric ended up purchasing the House of Will. Something drew him to it. I've had meetings with Eric. I'll actually be with Eric next weekend at a book signing in Cleveland. Um, mm. So he's, uh, he's an interesting guy, um, and I, he's, he happens to be a high priest of the church. Well, he's a high priest of the new Church of Satan. So what happened was the Church of Satan, uh, where you know Eric and all these guys came up, and you know Zach Levey, who was Anton Levey's grandson, they splintered off. They didn't like how things were being run, and they started their own church. So with purchasing this building, and you can see the architecture of it, it's just it's an immense building. The, mm -hmm. Even the pictures don't do it justice. Um, there's a whole cathedral in the middle of the building, of course, wow. cathedral that could hold almost 200 people. Um, so. He brings his beliefs into the building, his rituals. Um, yes, it, it, that's the cathedral right there, two-story cathedral uh, that you're showing. So he brings his beliefs into the building. Um, on top of that, and on top of all these layers of everything that's you know that happened there over you know over a hundred years of the history of the building, and I think that's why the place is so dark these days. I and mean, the energy there. Um, he admits that uh, you know he's drawn to the building. I do think it it does have its hooks in him. I think it's you know sort of like a slow burn type haunting, where it needs someone to feed off of. Because the only way I can explain this location, and I've never felt anything like it was, it's a living organism. It feels like that when you walk into the building. It's not just feels like it's haunted by spirits and entities or whatever. It actually feels like a complete living organism breathing haunted the building itself is the haunt um and that's how i explain it to people hmm. well the the man that actually started this right mr wills didn't he end up turning part of that into his home and he ended up passing away yes. there too? yeah he, he passed away there in 1971 his um i don't know if you have pictures of it but his he has an actual apartment we had a, a like a like a full size like almost condominium in the top part of the building up there um you know kitchen bath full suite everything and he ended up living there for many years and he passed away there in 1971 and he left it to his children um and his children supposedly ran it into the ground and like i said there was there's allegations of fraud and actually people actually went to prison over it um it, it was pretty serious things that happened there in the early 2000s yeah I think I, I have a video here from cleveland.com. I give credit to the video. I'm going to try to pull it up here if it's going to let me. I'm already having technical difficulties tonight, but um, I got this off YouTube. And I turned the water down, but the House of Wills built in 1905 and became a funeral home under John Walker. This is what yeah, it used that, to look like. You know, it reminds uh, me of American Horror Story. Yeah. 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 I actually filmed a, 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 a horror series from, on Hulu there. Mm. yeah perfect location <laughs> yeah and, well, right i think to, i think too also 
my video is not going to I'm having why am I having technical here we go in this part no this is the funeral this is the Masonic thing the balancing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah they're very old pictures yeah because now it, I mean it doesn't look as nice as that yeah yeah they got to be from like the uh 90s or early 2000s now that's what it looks like yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. Very macabre, um, very dark. Yeah, hmm. Ooh, I get creeped out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's you, just ominous looking. Very ominous. Um, so would you rank this then? Maybe the one one of the top three most haunted locations. Then you wrote a book I about would, it. As an investigator and being where you know investigating over 400 locations in my career so far uh, like i said not just in the united states but in the uk uh that mm. is top three yeah i've ever been to what kind of evidence did you uh gather from there daryl if you don't mind me asking i'm sure you caught up evps and what are what else did you catch there when you i wouldn't even there? like yeah, the evps were it, it yeah wow, crazy right enough but it, the evidence some of the evidence we captured there was actually um we have on video a black mass shooting from me out my back after i wow. said i had felt something on me and, and asked it to, you know i yelled it to get off and this right. dark like um black anomaly shot from my back into a wall that's wow. on video um there's also a video out there of when we had um, some static camps set up in the auditorium area and we were running some spirit boxes and things of that nature and behind me um next to one of the statues you can see a dark ominous maybe six to six and a half foot tall black figure come out of the ground like grow out of the ground and was standing there and watching us until it just dissipated and just disappeared wow yeah um so i'm gonna pull up this video you know what this this um living room area in the apartment here's a clip of that you remind me of elvis the king has arrived or something. He was the king of the it reminds of me of the Las Vegas. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. yeah Las Vegas, Elvis, <laughs> all this stuff. So um so real quick, which because from what I've watched and and looked up to um the last couple of days, Daryl, everybody keeps talking about the women's bathroom there. Mm -hmm. Did you do an investigations in the women's bathroom or or what's the most haunted core location of this building in your opinion that you might, um, if, if you go and investigate, you you will definitely probably get some kind of paranormal evidence. Uh, it's quite honestly, anywhere in that building is, is <laughs> I, I would say probably the the craziest locations would probably be the basement, the sub basement, which is a basement in the basement, and possibly the auditorium are the, mm -hmm. the most like active places in the building. But I can tell you right now. Uh, the women's bathroom, I was there. I didn't investigate the women's bathroom. Um, there were some stories behind a, a, a young lady being brought in there when the place was you know, vacant and raped and, and beaten and everything. Um, I'm not sure if that story is actually true or not. But um, that location, you know, hands down, anywhere you go, you're going to get something. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm telling you, just by looking at it, it creep it creeps me out. Now, how many times have you gone back to this location? I only went back one time, and I didn't investigate. We just happened to be up in. We were actually investigating Madison Seminary, which is oh, back yeah. outside of Cleveland, and um, we stopped by. Um, and the caretaker Patty, who was the caretaker of the property, who's no longer there, um, brought us in, um, and we were probably only there 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Hmm. And you're going to be there next week, so are you going to, right next week? I'll be in Cleveland next week. I don't know if I'm going to actually have time to stop by the House of Wills. I'll be at um, okay. October's Occult Store uh, for a book signing. Um, so, yeah. Okay, I have another question. <laughs> so, you know, we talk about the Satanic Church here and, and, and who the minister is uh, of that that owns the building. Do you know or or have you ever thought about maybe investigating this location and using praise and worship music, like modern day praise and worship music to see what kind of responses that you would get? Well, we, when we, the, when I was there the first time we investigated, we did use trigger music. Um, we use 
um, old time gospel music because it was okay. African American funeral home. It was um, uh, they they did hold hold service there in the uh, in the auditorium for during funerals and actually during the civil rights movement. Actually, um, Martin Luther King actually visited the building and did a speech there. Yeah. So oh, we wow. used that auditorium. Um, and we were playing on on some uh, Bluetooth speakers this gospel type music, and it it kicked off pretty crazy. It didn't take very long. Yeah. So what what did you end up getting when you started playing that stuff? What was um, the business that was happening? Or is this honestly, in your book? You shouldn't tell us. <laughs> it is. It's in the book. Um, okay. I can give you a little bit of it. I mean, basically, for the the four of us who were there investigating, um, we were playing the music and. It, it felt like the room started spinning and we actually, it, at one point, it felt like we lost track of time. And um, it, it, it's very, it's a very strange experience. It's in the book. It, um, you need to read about it and, um, and, and see for yourself or read it for, you know, read it for yourself because um, I think I explain it better in the book than I can ex actually explain it to you guys. So vertigo. Uh, I wouldn't even call it vertigo. I would just call it like the room was, it was we were standing still and it felt like the room was moving around us like you know mm -hmm. swirling as we're standing still oh, you so you didn't feel off balance the room felt off balance yeah and that was not just myself it That's was the investigators who were with us it felt like there was like 50 to 100 people around us just going in a circle running around us like mm -hmm. dancing almost that's what it felt like that's the only way i can explain it Oh, my conspiracy theory mind is going over to the Rockefellers right now. So I'm going to have <laughs> Will Martin will follow up on that because. Talk about <clears throat> yeah, no, listen. Yeah, yeah, no, I know you like that stuff. I know. I know you yeah, get into okay. that. No, but I'm I'm actually thinking of something else, um, Daryl. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of the more of the uh, Native American side of this whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, of that area, like you said earlier, uh, you know, chock full of, uh, you know, Native American history and. Uh, people that have lived in that land um do you think that maybe some of these places have desecrated that land and that's the reason why this you know type of activity is happening and then on top of that you know you're throwing in a a myriad of just you know perfect storm you know capabilities with you know the the you know the devil worshiping and all that stuff but you know starting off at the basics i mean do you think it's the native american uh you know influence in this that you know really is perpetuating this I think it's a start. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's that slow burn type of haunt is what I, how I label it. And you can, right. you, you come across them ever, ever so often. I probably only came across three or four, maybe five in my, my investigating the for 20 years and none to this extent. Um, this location, it, I mean, I can only explain it to have a mind of its own, and I do. And if the problem is there, I don't think it's just Native American. I think it's it's just this these levels, these layers of you know history there, and all the things that happened there, and all the different you know cultures that were there. The Germans, you know, then you had you know the the um, the Masonic Temple, you know, who built the location, and it was a, a hospital, and then a funeral home for the African American. Um, community for so many years then it sat vacant there was you know there had been murders on the property uh gangland type murders um which are still going on to this day in east cleveland right there um there is a part of the book too where this has all happened last in the last four to six years where a um activist in cleveland um i didn't mention the name or anything in the book but there's an activist in cleveland who actually um tried to blame all the evils of east cleveland on the house of wills and wow at one point was able to get a lynch mob together basically go there and try to burn the building down with eric and his girlfriend in it so you know i'm glad you said burning right now i'm sorry this i just got triggered for a second so the whole town of cleveland there's a curse the curse of cleveland and it deals with burning and stuff and everybody's saying the curse of cleveland was uh came back up last year i think it was in 2022 might have been in 2021 where all of a sudden like these rolls of fire it was all on tiktok it was super weird and it looked like um you know like the westerns with the the roll of hay or whatever goes through what do they call those things i don't know 
tumbleweed. It looked like tumbleweed of fire that went through these places. And there was multiple videos of this on TikTok. And, and also Cleveland's closest waterway, but there's a curse of Cleveland and you say fires and it was just absolutely weird. Um, you know, I think a lot of the stuff with the horrors of the house of wheels of what we're just talking about tonight could be connected to, it might be the heartbeat. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, there's a lot going on there. I mean, I, I, there's probably more than we'll ever now. Um, or ever can you know, investigate and find out about this location and about the surrounding locations? It's you know it's switched hands so many times and um, it's just one of those locations. And Eric tries to you know he's very open about. I mean I've had meetings with Eric. I had to get a you know permission to write you know, the book you know from him because he owns the location and his name's in the book. And even he himself you know he's always finding out new tidbits and new information that comes across. Cause a lot of it, it quite honestly, you, you, you go to uh, the Cleveland, you know, like archives, you can't find a whole lot on the place. Uh, there's like, even like the actual date it was built. They do know it was built around 1880 to 1890. Um, but there are people who say it was built in 1850. And then there's people who say, try to say the building in the early 1900s, 1905, 1906, which is, is not possible because it was definitely built in the 1880s, 1890s. So um, there's, there's, always, there's always, you know, new information coming out about the place, which, you know, is always fun, you know, because you could actually dig into it and maybe solve some of the other mysteries that are going on there. So one of the mysteries I think too there that's there is that um, people, they also left records of all the people that they've had. What I've, what I watched of a video of is that there's records of individuals that had passed away and they've kept those records in some yeah. files there. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's um, when I was in there, there's, there's caskets and everything still scattered all throughout. Yeah. There's <laughs> caskets. There's uh there's, records of you know of people who died there like you know were brought there for a cremation or you know a funeral service there's yeah there's it's all unless he's cleaned it out since then um it's all that it was all there when i was there there's there's one hallway on the top on the second floor i believe it was um and it's in the book that's just scattered with caskets hmm. yeah oh i think i saw hmm. that i think i saw that hallway um in a picture but I, I just i know i showed a frontal view of the of the location a little bit ago. i'm trying to get a side view because the front doesn't look that big but it goes right. back it's huge it takes but, up with the yeah. quarter of the clock yeah but even the front view when you're looking at it on a picture it doesn't it doesn't give it any justice but it's huge it's still it's even the front is huge um, when you see someone standing in front of it you actually get a scale of how big it is um, but when you see the side view, it's just, it's massive. I mean, I think, um, I, I did some, um, and I can't remember if this is true or not, but I, I did some, you know, research in the building. I believe there was some upwards of almost a hundred rooms in the building. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's how big it is. Huh. Daryl, let me ask you a question. Um, when you come out of a place like that, um, is there something that, you know, residually that just stays with you after well, a place like that this is the reason i wrote the book yeah it actually yeah. followed me home um, oh, it did. it's the only location that i've ever <laughs> investigated where something had attached itself to me and followed me back to my house here in, in delaware and uh, played havoc on my life for about six weeks where i almost mm. quit going investigating altogether um because it, it started messing with my family um mm. and I had to draw a line and I had to figure out how to get rid of it. And uh, it's all in the book, how I got rid of it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the things I did, um, the people I had to contact and, but it's something, it was something straight out of a, out of a horror movie. Out of Amityville horror is what mm -hmm. happened in my house. Jeez. Uh, I could not wrap my head around the time because I thought that was all, even at that time, you got to remember, I've only been investigating at that time, maybe nine eight or nine years, something like that. Mm -hmm. So I was still mm -hmm. very, uh, uh, I hate to say it, but I was, I was immature. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. yeah, my maturity level is so, I'm at a whole different level these days. It's like right. compared right. to where I was almost 10 years ago. And um, I went in there, you know, very open and opening myself up to whatever was there. 
um, not so much taunting or anything like that, but very open. And I tell mm-hmm. people this, and the one people people always ask me, what's the one thing you could tell a new investigator or someone who's you know who's only been doing this for a little bit? And I tell them, if you go to these locations, like these the, the, the House of Wills or Anderson Hotel or someplace like that, do not bring baggage. And what I mean by baggage is not your bags you carry with you, but if you have financial problems, you have marital problems, you have health problems, don't go. Because that dark energy in these locations will latch onto that and it will use it against you. And he my words it happens every time i see it happen every time to these people and people bring stuff home because they don't know any better they open themselves up or they're having problems in their life and you go to investigate a dark spot like this it's dark energy it feeds off the dark energy so it's going to feed off whatever's going on in your life that's not good and you end up bringing home with you and then this is the type of stuff that happens exactly what happened to me and the whole reason i wrote the book because it was the one location that almost, like I said, yeah, I've been all 50 states except for Hawaii. I've been over to the UK. I've investigated. Um, I've never felt anything like this. Yeah. I've never dealt with anything like this. Don't want to ever again either. Yeah. And I'm not known any better. How do you feel about Ouija board? I don't feel one way or another about it. I feel like Ouija boards, you know, the whole, um, you know, the turn it back. You, they've been using them for forever. It was just their way of communicating, just like we use spirit boxes and, and, and recorders now. Um, mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. That was their way during the, the spiritualist movement to, to contact stuff. So I, I don't feel one way or another about them, to be honest with you. I know some people are very against them. And there's a lot of locations that I investigate that I go to. You're not allowed to use Ouija boards. I get it. Um, well, I just worry about it because it's like in the play section of walmart or something it's like a game and yeah. when i was younger i got involved with the ouija board and i had something happen to me and i was in sixth grade so i'm leery of it i don't want to use it is whoever wants to use it they can use it like that's a your oh. prerogative um but me personally i, I don't i mean emily you gotta think about it this way too i mean you can open without a ouija board you can open yourself up oh yeah out there. That's- all you gotta do is it into your life I, the thing with me is the the age i was in sixth grade and you're able to get that yeah. game and, and things you don't know this stuff in sixth yeah. grade I had one you know, you know, yeah. yeah you know yeah. so uh, and i didn't have a good experience about it and then my dad a vietnam veteran actually told me his experience that he had with the ouija board in the 70s and he's like, no, Ouija board. And it came to pass. What what the Ouija board told his friends and, and stuff, I'm not going to repeat it. It's a story my dad could tell. But um, it came to pass. And and the rebel in me, when I was young, my dad would tell us these stories about the Ouija board. So I got a Ouija board without my parents' consent or anything. Went to a girls' slumber party. We played it sixth grade. And it was not a good experience. Actually, physical things, poltergeist activities start happening. Books fell off shelves. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I've, I've not, for me, I've heard that story a thousand times about mm-hmm. people. Who, it's the same thing. You know, they mm-hmm. go to some kid, 10, 15 years old, takes a Ouija board to a slumber party or with a bunch of friends and starts doing things they don't know. And especially the kid, you're very open. You're very mm-hmm. open minded. You're you, so you're able to bring in that energy's, you know, you're, you're open book at that point. So it's, if there's something out there, it's going <clears throat> You know, a child, especially in the in the history of poltergeist activity, you look at it and you think the movie Poltergeist, Heather O'Rourke, and all that kind of stuff. But it usually plays off girls, you know, around yeah. that same age. Fires always involved. Something burns down. Nothing burned down this time, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's something with with that that uh, there's something with poltergeist activity in girls and adolescents. And it happened to me. And from that day on, like we took that that. Um, Ouija board and we threw it away. We actually broke it in half, threw it away, and I never touched a Ouija board after that. But though, you know what? Though, you know, it's weird though, Emily. Because, and I'm sorry to interrupt, Daryl. No, you're good. Uh, and Daryl, I'm sure you can attest to this. I mean, what now? Like, we have ITC devices now. Mm-hmm. We have apps on our phone that we can download, supposedly that help with that. You know what I mean? If you want to believe that or not, you know. Yeah. You know, there's it's so easy now. You know what I mean? There's yeah. so many things now that these kids yeah. can access. Well, we got you know AI. What I mean? What's AI going to yeah. do for paranormal investigating? Oh, 
that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, like, you know, you, you, you're a series and things of that's the nature. I mean, who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I just feel like the, the whole Ouija board thing is I, I it's like anything else. You can open your I, I had a, a conversation with a 20 or 21 year old kid yesterday about, you know, the way he was carrying himself. And he was wondering why his life was so messed up or anything. I said, kid, what, whatever you put out there, you're going to get back. Yeah. And it's the same thing. You, you're, if you're out there trying to find something, it's going to find you if you open yourself up to it. So that's, and I think a Ouija board is basically like that, the, the conduit for the, the, the telephone here, there you go. This is how you do it. If you want to reach out to the other side, um, you know, they've been doing it for hundreds of years. So. And also I just want to tell people this that don't understand the history of the Ouija board. It actually came from the Christian spirituals of the 1800s. So uh, civil war, post-war, um, where they tried the mothers try to connect with their sons um, that went on. And Rob Merch is absolutely fantastic person to contact if you want to know the true history about the Ouija board. Uh, I, I do believe Hollywood took it and turned it into something, but spirit spirits can attach that way. Um, and it, it's being portrayed in many ways of what it was not the first intentions of it to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know like, you know Rob Merch? You know uh, Rob Merch? No, you don't? No. Oh, you got to look him up in Denver. If you go to Denver, look him up. He's got the Ouija board museum. <laughs> but he's he's a great, great person. And, and um, he, he won me over with his Ouija board presentation at the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. But I'm still not going to use it. But I, I appreciate the history. <laughs> so real quick, um, I want to go into this and I'll have Will do some follow-up questions. Um, you know, we mentioned Masonic. <laughs> Um, or Masons a lot in a, in a lot of these places. And the, there was a Masonic Lodge here at the House of Wheels. Over your time investigating and things, do you think the Masonic rituals or what goes on that we have a lot of cloak and mirrors or um, with the Masons? I don't know about you. I know about me in, in Appalachia. The, a lot of locations deals with the Masonic Lodge. Do you think the roots of the House of Wills deals with something that they did? Well, it started there. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, the, the, the location was built to harness energy. Um, uh, and if and something was brought to my attention about two months ago, after I had already written a book, unfortunately, um, someone who, like I, I, I've studied the higher and lower keys of Solomon and things mm -hmm. of that nature. Mm -hmm. uh, and something was brought to my attention because in the actual book, and I, I don't know if I can find it real quick, there's actually a map um that shows yeah i can't find there's actually a map that actually shows like um a view from the different levels of the of the actual building and he he pointed out to me he said if you look at it and you really study it it's it's designed like king solomon's palace it's um, a balance but, isn't it like it, so it, above is below isn't it a balance the house yeah uh it's 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 a, the thing with the house is um, the so the front of it it looks like a building, okay, right. and then inside of it you have this large cathedral that you wouldn't even know is in there. It can literally hold two hundred people, probably more, um, which and that is surrounded on one side by rooms as well. And there's you know rooms even above that which you know are the attic and things of that nature. So there's so it's it's so many different levels. But if you look at it. And you actually, he was studying, and I guess he studied the book for a while, or the, the actual map of the location. He's saying it's laid out just like King Solomon's Palace. If you ever, you know, seen pictures of, you know, people have put out about that. Um, so it was pretty interesting that when, you know, when he started talking about that, and I kind of like, you know, I, I tuned in on him because I, I study some of the higher, lower keys of Solomon, you know, study sigils and things of that nature. Um, and just, you know, to kind of, educate yourself on them because we have found sigils in buildings anderson hotel we found sigils in um and people who don't know me look up look up the higher and lower keys of solomon it's an actual book you can you can buy on amazon or wherever um and um and study it because if you're going to be a serious investigator you want to know things like that because you'll come across stuff in locations sometimes you wonder why the location's so off and so dark um yeah so yeah i i'm i guess i'm pointing yeah. So, I mean, if you look up to the, the, the top right hand corner and then you look at a map of the House of Wills, how it's designed, 
it's almost designed just yep. like that mm. the way it's it's laid out and so, see how i call balance you got the same <coughs> amount of compartments on one end to the right. same amount yeah. of compartments on the other end with the middle holy place it things right exactly and that's sort of how it's actually laid out if you if you actually look at it but like i was saying about the higher and lower keys of solomon when you have you, you when you, like if you're going to be a serious investigator it's something you really want to check into because there's places like you'll go and you'll you might see little weird sketchings on a wall or on a mirror or behind a mirror or on a window pane and you're like oh someone was just doodling so a lot of times it could be a sigil um, so you got to kind of watch out for stuff like that and, 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 and educate yourself on it. Oh, mm. uh, Christopher James is watching. He's, he's a faithful viewer and share of the show. So, and he says, wow. Um, Lockbeard, Lockbeard says, if you drive a car, if you, if used correctly and cautiously, you can get where you need to go, but bad weather, reckless drivers or your own net, net, can't say that right now. Negligence. That's something I can't say. Everybody's kind of like negligence. Orange. I can't say orange right either. So can hurt you. The Ouija board is similar. Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. Absolutely correct. Uh, I, I agree with that too. Uh, I just wish the Ouija board wasn't available for kids. Um, in a gaming section. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how well sales are these days on Ouija board. So, I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. Should, I go to, should I go to my local Walmart and ask him? Ask him. <laughs> it's worth see how many sold. Yeah. <laughs> During a year. Um, so I have one other question, and then I have will follow up. Uh, there, uh, I watched Dalen off of Ghost Brothers um, tell. Uh, it's on actually on his YouTube page one of the most haunted places and experiences he ever had and it was actually when he finally went back in or went into the uh, house of uh, wills to investigate with his brother or something he said that there's a mirror mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking about when i say mirror yeah they try to put him in he in like the lady that was with him kind of like passed out and everything's can you tell us a little bit about this mirror that's in the house of wills well, yeah, um, the actual mirror. I wrote a, a, there's a, a a part in the book about the mirrors that are in the in the building, which uh, mm -hmm. are in the one room, um, and the stories behind them, uh, and some of the things I've seen people you know messing around with when I was there, uh, and people refusing who had bad experiences with them. Uh, I don't know all the stories about the mirrors there and what happened to people. I've heard people you know you. Know, basically feeling like they're um, being overtaken, um, passing out, uh, having to be uh, removed from the building, um, which I've seen on a couple of videos from the House of Wills, people have me having to be removed from the actual building. And as a matter of fact, when I was there, um, the, the time I investigated, I was there for 13, almost 14 hours. It was one of those things where you had to leave the building like every 45 minutes to an hour just to ground yourself because you just felt so off. Um, and so like this, like something was trying to take you over and you know, like, I, and what I explained to you, you know, and I don't know how to, if, I didn't really mess the mirrors when I was there. I don't, I don't, it's not my thing. But um, when I was there, uh, when I, I had my experience where something felt like it attached itself to me, and um you could actually didn't I mean we were there it was july it was about 90 degrees outside so there's no there was no uh, power to the building or anything bad there's no electricity in the building you got matter of fact you had to bring a generator to power up your equipment so we had to run a generator all night to to even get any kind of power there but um when i was there if i had something attached itself to me which i'd never had ever before like you can actually i actually felt something attached itself to me and you could actually see my breath in 90 degree weather like you could see like it was 30 wow. degrees. um and i you know i there's three i there's three other eyewitnesses that all witnessed this and this is the part where i was telling you where something shot out my back um on video where i i started yelling at to get off me i could feel it and then you see this this black anomaly basically shoot out of me and go into a wall that, yeah that was right next to me so yeah that i i the whole mirror thing i heard about it i watched the episode several years ago um and um so i kind of i kind of know what he's talking about but um yeah off the top of my head i'm not sure about the person fainting or anything like that 
-hmm. There's not th that much with some of these TV shows, which you were on Ghost Hunters um, and things. And that's been rebooted, right? That's on Disney Plus now, correct? Yeah, that, that's my episodes on Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the... Um, but when I look up House of Wheels and, and try to look up anything that deals with these big like ghost hunters or ghost adventures, all that stuff, the, the only place I only people I could find that's connected to this on a mainstream television ghost show Brothers. is yeah. Ghost Brothers. Ghost Brothers are the only ones that ever went there and filmed um, for good reason. Uh, and actually, they didn't want to go. I just found this out uh, there on Monday night. Matter of fact, I was like I said, I was on Dave Schrader's show. Um, Paranormal 60, go check it out, guys. Amazing. Okay, yeah. great guy. Yeah, I was on his show and he had Dalen on right after me. And I was I was backstage and, and he asked Dalen about the House of Wills because it was we we talked about the book. And um Dalen was like they didn't even know they were going there. And like if they knew they were going there, they wouldn't have went. Um, it was like I think I believe it was their first season of filming. They were with the, the they were with the same um, production company we were, Pilgrim, uh, which is Lion Gate Films. Um, and they didn't tell them because Dalen and those guys are all like about Christians or like yes. they're all about church and they don't they don't deal with any of that demonic type stuff or any you know, devil worship. But, worship and then when they got there, their um, one of the producers said, "You know where you're at, right?" And they're like, "No." Why don't you Google it? And they Googled it and they're like, oh my God, that's why mm -hmm. the one I would refuse to go into the building. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they kind of, they kind of got shafted on that one. <laughs> you would well, think, right? <laughs> you know, everybody needs to be at the home base to watch videos. <laughs> I would be at the home base. I will watch you all and I will tell you. I will say, hey, something's going on. I don't mean there. I don't mind being lied to about maybe some haunted locations. You know what I mean? That's all good. You know? <laughs> I don't mind it either. I don't just, mind just, it. Just don't know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, Daryl, you've been uh, investigating for so long. Um, you know, what over a decade, right? Or maybe even uh, it'll be twenty years next year. There you go, two decades. So, um, what is your take on bringing a psychic or a medium with you when you do these investigations? What's what's your take on that? And have you done it before? Have you yeah. had success? What, what's your what's your take? Well, in ghost hunters, they 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 totally shied away from psychics and mediums. I think it wasn't about that. It was all about you know actual documenting paranormal activity that you can actually. Feel, hear, see, whatever you can capture on, you know, which with psychic, it's hard to do that. Um, right. I've worked with psychic chefs outside of Ghost Hunters, um, several psychics, and I've had good experiences and bad experiences. Um, sometimes they may be, uh, maybe they were just off that night. Um, I've had some really good experiences with some psychics where I can't even wrap my head around how they would know something like that <laughs> um, because it's not like something you could Google um, and find right. out, you know, and it's, yeah, so um, I've had great experiences with psychics, but like I said, I've had some psychics, and I'm not going to name any mention any names that are, are 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 fake. Yeah, right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, for you, Daryl, especially being on the what evidence do you need to have to actually claim a place is haunted? Um, for me personally, um, even if I can see it, hear it, um, and I can capture it on either, you know, audio or video, and I can kind of compile that together, I can say definitely a place is haunted. I, I'm usually, I'm a person, I'll say a place is active, not so much haunted, because uh, active is one thing, and a haunting is a whole other thing to me. Um, active could That's be, true. Yeah, active could be, okay, I got an EVP. Um or, you know, I heard footsteps. Haunting to me is like, you're seeing apparitions. You're seeing, you know, shadow anomalies. You're getting EVPs on top of that. You're having param you're having a poltergeist type activity. Things are moving, getting thrown, whatever. That's a haunting to me. Um, you, you have all those things together. Um, but I've been to, you know, hundreds of places that are active. But hauntings, like serious hauntings, maybe 50, 75 of them. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. out, of, out of the over 400 I've been to. Yeah. Yeah. 
what are what is your opinion i'm sorry i, I didn't think I, I this is not on my list to ask you i've checked off almost every every question i had tonight almost but what's your opinion on ghost box because i've kind of threw me personally and i could be wrong threw it out uh, i don't use ghost box anymore because a lot of the time it's a guessing game and what it says so like what do you You're use talking about, like, boxes in general like yeah ghost box um sessions or ghost box in general because if you look at a lot of the videos that or live investigations that people do and they do these ghost boxes and stuff it's almost like a question did you hear that say it again say it again like yeah. i almost think that if it's there it's going to be absolutely apparent and you don't have to repeat it over and over again and there's a lot of questions with ghost box um that could manipulate the investigation on just what you might think you heard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, with spirit boxes, I mean, it's there's, there's it, it's hit or miss. I mean, I've used pretty much every version out there at one point or another, and yeah, some some things come back through very clearly, and then there's just things like, okay, did it say that? And then like one person will hear it one way, and the other person next to you hears it another way, and like yeah, like evidence like that. Like on ghost hunters, you couldn't use like spirit boxes and stuff. You had to have actual periodic evidence, like real evidence capture to show to a, an actual client. I couldn't bring a spirit box to a client's house. I'm like, oh, look, your house is definitely on it. Um, it's got paranormal activity because I caught a, you know, something on a, a spirit box saying, you know, someone died here, you know, 50 years ago. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, to me, they're fun. Um, and like, and I always tell people too, you know, you, you got, you got to go two ways when it comes to paranormal, there's the entertainment side of it, the fun side, people who just want to go out on the weekend, you know, like now Halloween, everyone's into it yes. and have a good time, get scared. And then you have people who are actually serious investigators, paranormal investigators, um, who would never use a spirit box. Uh, they, they want actual solid evidence, real evidence, uh, EVPs. Um, they want, you know, video, things of that nature, you know, uh, IR, thermal um, captures, um, something they can actually take to a client or they can use to, you know, build a, an actual investigation to kind of figure out what's going on in a location. A spirit box, it, it, it's all fun and games. And I'm all, you know, if people just want to have fun, do it. I mean, but you can't really, you can't really say yes or no to it. You can't, you know, it's not fair to a client for one thing, if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. Go ahead, Will, if you have anything you want. Yeah, no, listen, uh, Daryl, um, you know, everybody, you know, has this, you know, obviously list in their head of places they've always wanted to investigate. Um, you've been to, I'm sure, if not all, but a lot of them. But um, where's there one place that you haven't been that you always wanted to go? Um, I always tell people I would love to do the Amityville Horror House. Amityville, uh, I would yeah. love that. Just, I mean, even though I didn't capture anything, just to say that I investigated Amityville, one of the mm -hmm. most, you know, you know, insane and, you know, hauntings ever, um, or, you know, the most well-known haunting uh, for, for sure in the States, just to go there to investigate the actual location and, and, and try to figure out what happened there, either debunk it or not. Um, I think that would be really cool to do. Like, I, I would say, like, a while ago, I'd probably said a castle, but I've already done castles. So I can't, I can't say that now. I know. He's done Castle. He's been over UK. In, did in, that already. Yeah. yeah. Did that. Are you going back to UK? People can buy tickets, right? For you. Are you going back? Do they book you yet for a second? I, tour? I will be back. Um, I will be back in May, May or April or May of next year. Yeah. Okay. 2024. And that's the mysterious. I can't remember. No, that will, I won't be with. Uh, no, that's a. No, that's a, that's yeah. No, that's um. It's a, this is a totally different thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, go go been, go to his Facebook page. You're gonna put or, or Instagram. Go to Daryl's Facebook page or Instagram and find out where he's gonna be. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's not with Festival of the Unexplained. I'll probably be back there in 2025. Festival of the Unexplained. Okay. We already talked but, about. That. But some things that are gonna go on in, in 2024 uh, there. Hold on, I was going to ask you another question. Um, 
One so, thing I wanted to ask, if I could, you don't yeah, mind me, ahead, Emily? Daryl, do you, when you went through this whole, you know, issue with bringing this thing home mm -hmm. and your family and everything, and you had this, you know, moment where you had to decide where, you know, am I going to continue this or not? Are you glad that you continue this or, or, or not? Oh, God, yeah. I'm, I, I'm completely yeah. glad I stuck with it and mm -hmm. I didn't let it beat me. That's the big Good. thing. Yeah. Uh, and it, 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 uh, it sent it well one thing it humbled me as an investigator humbled me as a, not just an investigator but a human being and a man mm -hmm. um i rebuilt myself from that and i went in a completely different direction with things and it's taken to me where I, we are where i'm at now on this on this this path i'm on now um mm -hmm. and it's all it's been uphill since then i mean I, i've great years i defeated it um yeah. i beat it and i moved forward and um and that's how i live my life every day that's good. No, that's how, good. Did, how did your wife handle this? Like, was she prepared for anything that possibly could come into the home? No, not at the time. No, definitely not. We were <laughs> how is she now? Oh, she's fine. She's, uh, okay. I think she, she, she started, you know, when she read the book, uh, she, she found out more than she probably wanted to know, you know, when it came to what was happening. She, mm -hmm. she remembers, you know, some of the stuff. I mean, this is almost eight, nine years ago now, seven years ago. Uh, so she, she knows there's some of this stuff that happened, but, uh, she, uh, she, she's, uh, she, she's just glad, you know, it, you know, that I was able to overcome it and move forward. And, um, she's, yeah, she supports me 110%. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So real quick, um, you have the, the horrors of the house of wheels, which is available. I have it on Amazon. I have the links in, in, in the description, but people can follow you on Facebook, Instagram, probably all social media. What yeah. else are what else are you having coming up? Because I thought I was going to be the queen of getting <laughs> getting paranormal <laughs> event, but you are a busy, busy man. I have you uh, the Hell House, which woo, um, that's during like Halloween week, last week of of October. Twenty seven. So what, what else are you doing in the next couple of weeks? Uh, I will be actually the night after that. That's a Friday night. The night after that, I will be in Gettysburg um, for the uh, the hey. Getty. Berg, um, always wanted to go there oh really yeah 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 there's a big event i'm doing in gettysburg anyway it's on my social media i just posted about it it's um it's like their yoga gettysburg type bash thing we're doing over there uh with some great people from haunted nights uh so go check them out um also let tomorrow night i'll be at fort delaware uh which is already sold out unfortunately it's been sold out for a while and then next week I'll be at uh, October's with a K, a cult store in Cleveland for a book signing. Um, that be next Friday, Friday the thirteenth. And then when I come back, I'll be back at Fort Delaware for the weekend after that, uh, which I believe is the twenty-first, which is unfortunately sold out as well. It's fortunate, it's good, it's sold out. But um, and then you know, then I'll be going to Gettysburg and doing some other stuff. I got a university event I have to do also in Virginia. Hell House Man. is not sold out yet, right? I don't know. Oh. Well, everybody sure. is listening to this. Look up Hell House. Go to Daryl on his Facebook page, Daryl Marston Ghost Hunters, or go to his Instagram, Daryl Marston Ghost Hunter, there and, and see how you can get tickets. It's, it's available on, on Eventbrite. Is that correct? Yeah, it should be yeah yeah it mm -hmm. should be so anyway daryl we're gonna let you go and we'll close out the show we appreciate you so much and all the hard work daryl thanks so much you thanks are a pro prominent figure in, in our paranormal community of research and stuff go get his book um uh, on the house of wills there we appreciate you so much and i'll be getting the book and, and reading it and maybe we'll do something like yeah, do a follow. You know, spring, spring, springtime or something. We'll bring in another haunted, haunted May or something. I don't know. Yeah, but we appreciate you and we'll let you go. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thanks, guys. Earl. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good, you too. There we go. Haunted October. There we Darryl go. That's the start. There we go. Start. I couldn't. I couldn't have asked for a better person. To start out. Yeah. October. Great guy. Great he guy. he he is a great guy, and yeah. um, you know. What do you think about the Masons and haunted locations? Just really I mean, cool? listen, there's, yeah, listen. <laughs> when they're incanting, you know, they're doing their incantations and stuff like that, which they say they don't, you know, it's not supposedly, you know, devil, whatever. And 
whatever. I'm not here to pass judgment, but when you're doing incantations, you're doing incantations no matter what. Whatever well, religion also, it is. Well, they also say, like, they have to kill somebody or somebody dies and they bury their bones inside the wall. Yeah, listen, uh, and it's weird because the Masons that I do know are usually cops. <laughs> they're cops or yeah. they're Is city it? workers. No, it's serious. Oh it's gosh. no joke. I know two, I know two high-ranking Masons that they're both they? state troopers. They're exactly. both state troopers. There you go. So I'm telling you, the, the, the Masonic stuff, mm-hmm. when it comes to the police officers or state troopers or anything like that, or law enforcement in general, they are involved and they're highly integrated in that. So, I mean, it is what it is. I've always wanted to do a podcast on it, but I was like, I don't know if I want to open that can of worms and then have those people. If you want to open the can of worms and you want to invite me on there, I will be, uh, I will contribute. Uh, Wayne Klingman says, uh, says so many stories about them. Yes. So anyway, thank you for tuning in for haunted October next week. We're going to have Tammy Chavez. I don't think anybody probably knows her a whole lot on the east coast unless you're into the paranormal but holly weird yes paranormal i love yes. her she remember us in, interviewing her on paranormal warehouse yes yeah i remember interviewing her and then came I in late her. because uh, she, she came in late yeah. because it was she didn't she, thought she didn't know <laughs> yeah. it was so much fun we're yeah. gonna be talking probably yeah. charles manson and all kinds of stuff which charles manson's from my hometown Ashland, Kentucky. So uh, we love you all. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Thank you on 107.7 FM. Still stay with us here on the radio. Uh, You will have the Church of Mavis. Um, See you next week. Haunted October is going to go by so fast. Absolutely.